Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hope everybody's doing well today. I want to welcome everybody to the Unimpressed Podcast today. And today we have a very special guest calling in from NYC. He is a New York Times bestseller. His name is Dr. Ian K. Smith, and he recently came out with a, a new book called The Metflex Diet. Welcome, doctor. How you doing today, man? I'm great. Thanks for having me on the show. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Just going to the beach for lunch and uh, doing interviews around that. <laughs> it's not a bad life. <laughs> it's not bad at all, man. You're a couple years older than me, man. You look pretty good. You, you've you been going down this road uh, with several different types of books in the, the diet and food space. How do you look at writing a book and, and what's your approach? So this is my 24th book. It is my 19th or 20th. Uh, it's my 19th nonfiction book. So I write novels and I write nonfiction like this book. And so I have a different approach to both types of books. For my nonfiction, I take a very scientifically based approach. I look at research, latest research. I figure out a topic that I find very interesting that I think could be useful to people. And then I try to present that that particular topic in a way that is digestible to the average person and in a way that the people can take what I'm trying to present to them and actually incorporate that into their life to make a change for the better. In what this new book you, it just came out, what what's different? You know, because I saw one book, I think you had plant-based and so forth. What's different about this specific book? Well, this book is called The Met Flex Diet. It's a very different book for me in the sense that it touches on a topic, a concept I'd never heard of before. So, so many people have been sending me messages via Facebook and Instagram saying, hey, Dr. Ian, I'm eating well, I'm exercising well, but I still can't get that number on the scale to move. What's going on? I didn't know what was going on. So I started doing some research and came across a term I'd never heard before. And that term is called metabolic flexibility. And what that term basically means is the body likes to burn two major fuel sources, carbs and fats. And sometimes, unfortunately, many of us can burn carbs well and not fats, or we can burn fats well and not carbs. And the body needs to be able to burn both of those fuel sources very well. When the body can do both, that's called metabolic flexibility. When the body cannot burn both of them, but either burns one or the other, that's called inflexibility. And so the Metflex diet is a six-week program that is helping people become more metabolically flexible. Uh, and for those people who had sent me messages questioning why they couldn't lose weight while they were doing the same thing, it wasn't that they were doing something wrong. It was that their metabolism is stuck. And this is a six-week program to unstick your metabolism. Your body has to be able to see carbs and burn carbs. Your body has to be able to see fat and burn fat in order for you to lose weight and maintain a healthy weight. And so the Metflex diet is a program that allows your metabolism to become more flexible and allows you to be able to eat pasta one day and eat steak or fish the next day um, and still be able to burn those fuel sources and lose weight if you're in need of weight loss. Now, now I've been told that the higher grade protein that you put in your body, I take a pharmaceutical grade amino every day to put my muscles in an anabolic state. And that's the first thing that hits my stomach uh, when I wake up in the morning. What 
in the, in this type of diet, that's that's like a trigger for my metabolic state that you know where my muscles start burning fat. In this diet, what triggers that metabolic situation that you're talking about? So a couple things trigger. Um, there are four things that improve your metabolic flexibility. One is good sleep. Number two is exercise. Number three is intermittent fasting. And number four is something called cyclical ketosis, which is cycling in and out of ketosis. And so specifically in the program, the first two weeks of the program are carb heavy. And yes, carbs are your friend. Carbs are good. We all need carbs. So the first two weeks are heavy in carbs and protein. And then the last four weeks are cyclical keto, where we're going to be going in keto for a short period of time, then out and do carb loading, then back into keto, then out. I'm not a big fan of long-term keto, but short-term keto has tremendous benefits. So when you combine intermittent fasting, exercise, sleep, and the keto, uh, cyclical keto, that is what gets your body in a position where it's going to optimize fat burn and give you a chance to increase your muscle build. You seem like a very uh, intellectual thinker. And how do you balance the structure of that when you're trying to put this together? Because is there is there any other diets out there like this that you've seen? Well, I'm lucky because I have a lot of followers on Facebook. And so what I do is before any program comes out, I take the program, I put it in front of a thousand people on Facebook and give them early access to the program. So I did this with the Metflex diet. And the reason why that helps me is because they give me feedback. They say something's too hard. It's too easy. They need this, change that. So I really listen to their feedback because the idea is that you don't want to create a program that people one can't afford or two that doesn't produce results. So I knew based on my thousand people that the average weight loss was between 14 and 16 pounds, that people lost, some people lost up to 20 and 24 pounds in six weeks and people lost on average eight to 10 inches. So I had that data uh, before the book was released because I work with this uh, Facebook group and I encourage, once again, those listening or watching, join the Facebook group. It's called Matt Flex Diet, which is the title of the book and I'm in it all the time helping people through the program. But for me, my structure always is testing it for, for coming up with it first. You know, I always try to come up with a plan, a daily plan that's customizable. I believe that's important. I believe writing a rigid plan where people have to do things and they don't have options tend to be tends to be less welcoming to people. So I try to come up with a plan that's specific but customizable and also doable. But you're kind of backing into a rationale based on data, if you will. Um, yeah. You look at the research, yeah. the research, the research says, here's a concept, metabolic flexibility. This is what can improve your metabolic flexibility. And then I do the work of putting together a plan that incorporates these scientific principles that people can follow at home. Let me ask you this. So do you think your ideas come from a uh, creation standpoint or a discovery standpoint? Because I think there's two separate types of thinkers and a lot, because it seems like that you, a lot of people, and I'll, I'll explain like actually, I use this as an example. I had uh, Avi Loeb on my podcast, and he's head of astronomy at at uh, Harvard. And you know, when you look at some of these intellects, they they kind of look at what's in their space, right? And and they have blinders on to their space. And then there's another thought process of you know an intellect that's looking at a full landscape and saying, hey, let me dive here, let me dive here. And let me see how I can put these pieces together to make a better benefit for society or people or whatever. You think your approach is something like that? Because I think sometimes, uh, you know, big intellects, they, they, they have these blinders on and they don't, they don't look to connect other things outside of the box, if you will. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, it makes complete sense. Yeah. Well, I'm a person who likes to connect things and I'm a person who thinks out of the box and I don't have tunnel vision um, on topics. I mean, when I'm studying a particular field of interest, uh, let's say, for example, intermittent fasting, then yes, my focus is on understanding intermittent fasting. However, I then step back to get a broader view and figure out how does intermittent fasting play into the larger picture of weight loss and metabolic flexibility and what needs to join intermittent fasting for it to become more productive. And so um, I am very much a person who likes to uh, connect things and to think out of the box and to step back and figure out how can I make this, this esoteric, highly scientific information, how do I make it such that the average person can understand it, the average person can use it and execute? Now you said esoteric. Is there, what, what type of, uh, I don't know how to I'll figure out how to phrase this. Uh, what type of uh, spirituality and energy do you present yourself as? Yeah, I am a spiritual person. Um, I'm also a very positive person. Um, I have a big picture view of life and about how it's important for us to be humble in life and how we have to be aware that we are one of many, uh, that we are temporary inhabitants of the universe, uh, and that all of us, regardless of how wealthy or how famous or how well-educated, we're going to transition into a different being. I don't know what that is per se, but we will leave the existence that we we have here. And so I'd like to keep the perspective that um, we have a finite amount of time on this earth um, and that we should try to lead our lives and conduct ourselves in ways that are contributory uh, rather than um, destructive and leave the place in a better world. So I'm very spiritual in that sense. And I think that that having that level of spirituality allows me to be comfortable and it allows me to handle different situations, good and bad, in a way that has positive outcomes. Now, how about your mom and dad? Were they involved in, in any type of, you know, things like this? What did they do in their lives? Uh, so uh, my mother, you know, we go to church. We're religious people. Um, though religious is obviously up to interpretation. I don't pretend that you have to go to church to be religious. By all means, you can be religious and not attend church on a regular basis. Uh, but we were a church-going family and believed in, you know, the biblical lessons um, and try to really use that as a foundation to be better people uh, and to understand and respect our place in the world and how we interact others. And so I think that was a, my mother laid a very strong foundation, which allowed us to better respect and understand kind of what our relationship should be to other people and to the world in general. And you've had a pretty long journey and you said you've wrote how many books? 20? Uh, this is number 24. 24. Did you think when you were in high school and in college, going to college, trying to go to college that you would have written 24 books? Absolutely not. Uh, you know, I was slated to become a, I wanted to be a brain surgeon, a neurosurgeon um, for most of my life since I was a little kid. Uh, but I've always been a lover of books. I will say that always. I've always read books. I've loved books. Uh, I've always been curious and a, a curious thinker. Uh, and so one day I wanted to write a book. I wasn't sure what I was going to write, but I knew I wanted to write a book one day, but there's no way I would have thought that I was going to write 24 books, uh, some novels and some nonfiction. Uh, but, you know, that's the beauty of life is that life throws us curveballs. And if you're someone who doesn't allow others to restrict you uh, or don't allow situations to restrict you, then, you know, you can kind of do what you want to do and, and march to the beat of your own drummer. And when you, I know there's a conversion, when you kind of step outside the box a little bit, you know, have a degree and you're not really following the path that mom and dad may 
wanted you to follow or, or whoever, and you step out that box and you take a chance, what was that like? And when did you have a conversion of feeling successful? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, when you step out of the box, particularly when you're, when you're looking at where I was and the journey I was on. So stepping out of that box is, box is extremely risky. And, you know, it's nervous because you're not sure if the route you're taking is going to work out. You're also worried because other people are looking at you and thinking you're crazy. Like, how could you have done all this uh, training and education and then turn around and do something completely different? So, you know, you worry about how people are going to respond to what you're doing and how they're going to think about you. Uh, so, yeah, those things are concerned. Even your family. You know, when I first started doing television, my family was not excited about it. They thought I'd spent all my career educationally, uh, wanting to be a doctor, uh, I'd done all my training in a hospital and then I want to go on TV. What? Uh, so for them, that was, uh, really, really unorthodox. And, but it was something, it was a passion I had. There was something inside of me that said, this is the path I need to take. And I listened to my gut and the voice inside of me. And I think that's important that people have to listen to their internal voices and not be afraid or ashamed or worried uh, that they're doing something that stands in contradistinction to what others are advising or expecting. And you, you stepped into, I don't know if it's a political space with the government and, and, and food. What was, what was that tenure like? Yeah, that was very... Even though it was a government appointment, it was very apolitical. Uh, oh, my okay. role was on the, it was on the President's Council on Fitness, Sports, and Nutrition, where we advised the White House and the First Lady and other organizations on issues related to fitness, sports, and nutrition. We had no legislative ability. We had no enforcement ability. It was more advisory. Um, but it was wonderful. It was a great experience. Uh, I was on the council with some other very well-known people uh, who I admired for many years as a child and as an adult. Uh, so it was a great chance to be able to um, mix my mind with others who had a similar mission and good experience to figure out, are there ways that we can advise the country, um, particularly families, on how to improve the way that they eat and the way they move to be able to not just lose weight, but able to be uh, to be healthy. And, and there's a lot of different you know, I think the world is changing a lot right now. There's a lot of different energy out there. What do you what do you feel like? Because I feel like you got a lot to say in your head and I feel like that um, that doesn't stop uh, just for some reason. Uh, what is your internal passion as far as, you know, what what are you trying to do? What do you where are you trying to move the needle? Because I think you are trying to move the needle in a, in a in a good way on many different levels. Is there like a internal like specific thing that's like really just kind of putting you out front, pushing you? every day of your life. Yeah, I think my first commitment is to trying to lead a life that I am proud of and that is fulfilling. Um, I am a total respecter of the finality of life and I am a complete respecter of um, how things change in life and that I always won't be here. And I, I respect that. I think that's important. I think that's a very, it's not a macabre perspective, it's a realistic perspective. And that allows me to improve my focus uh, on how I live my life. And I live my life in a way that I want to be fulfilled. Uh, and so there are different things that fulfill me and different things fulfill different people. But I am very much fulfilled by being passionate. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. 
United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. Uh, I'm very passionate about helping others. I'm passionate about writing. I'm passionate about good stories. I'm passionate about my family and friends. I think that people are lucky to find passions and to be able to pursue those passions. And that really, that's my guiding star is that my passion, what is it that really moves the needle for me? What gets me excited? What makes me feel like I'm engaged? Uh, And I think that, you know, writing uh, has been one of those things for me. Uh, But so has, you know, uh, philanthropy and, you know, donating my time to charitable causes. I try to pursue things that make me feel good. And I often try to pursue things that will help others and that will be legacy. And we'll get back to the Matt Flex diet book. But when you, when you, you're in this food space and you're over in the other space, you said you wrote about what is, do you, how do you do that? Do you departmentalize your mind? Hey, I'm going to be in this space and I'm going to write about this now, or I'm going to be in this space and I'm going to write about this now. And you focus because sometimes I do that. I'll do that. And I may know all this information over here, but if I'm over here focused, I kind of forget about this over here. Is that kind of what you do in a way? Yeah. I mean, you know, I am a very big compartmentalizer. Actually, in order for me to do all the things I do, I have to be able to compartmentalize well. I have to be able to leave a meeting that may be talking about a diet book and turn around and join a meeting that's talking about, you know, how to write a screenplay. Um, because those are the different interests that I have. And they're extremely, at sometimes disparate interests uh, and extremely eclectic. So uh, for me, it's about really being able to close things off. Uh, and sometimes, by the way, things, there is a relationship between the different things. But to be able to to close things off and address a particular issue or a subject at a particular time that I'm focused on it is extremely important uh, because I have to be focused. I can't be distracted. So if I'm talking about diets, then I can't be thinking about my my mystery, my Ash Kane mystery series, because you know that will be a distraction. I won't be able to get my full energy into the diet. So I really try to be respectful of how I separate the two and then how I give focus. Um, to them. And by the way, a lot of it also has to do with where I am. For example, this year, the Netflix diet came out first before my my uh, other book, my mystery book, which comes out May 30th. It's called The Overnights. But so now my focus is on the Netflix diet, talking to you and others about the program and what metabolic flexibility is. But then I'll have to turn uh, at the end of May and start talking about uh, this former Chicago detective who now is a private eye 
solving cases in and around Chicago. So I got to make that turn. I have this saying, and I think you're a great example, is, you know, when I look at society in a way, I think we we feed off what we see. And, and when we feed off what we see, we continue to create opinions uh, and controversy. But I think if you can look at yourself and, and use your path as an example, you're, you're in a way, you're creating your own environment. You're creating, I say, creating a new environment. Uh, you're not in an old environment that's feeding off something, you're creating your own new environment that eliminates opinions and controversy. Uh, and a lot of people don't understand that. So I just wanted to point that out because I think that's a, that's a big deal in life. And if you can stay out front and, and do that, that's more people need to be that way, if you will. Because when you rationalize this Metflex diet, uh, when you finished the book, did you feel like it was like cracking a code? Yeah. You know, that's a great way to put it. I feel like I try to choose topics and concepts that are really going to crack a code for people. It's going to open a door for people. Obviously, some people already heard about metabolic flexibility. I did not discover the term or the concept. So some have heard about it, but I'm hoping to reach those who particularly have never heard of it before um, and open the door for them so that they understand what it is, what they can do to change. Why does it matter? Uh, so yeah, I find myself off in that position. And when you're not, when you're not writing or, or, or doing the creative uh, and so forth, what, what do you do for fun? Do you do anything to escape or can you not stop thinking? <laughs> um, well, I'm thinking even when I'm having fun, uh, but I love to golf. I love to work out. I love to play tennis. Uh, I love to travel all over the world. And I particularly love going on safari in Africa. So, and my family, I have a wonderful non-work environment, non-work life that really nourishes my work life because I'm very happy when I'm not working, but I'm also happy when I'm working. My work is not onerous. It's passion for me. It's very fulfilling. So, I'm blessed that I have a great life away from work. I have a great life in work and often the two are married, which makes it even better. So when you, when you approach the new book, that's a doctor's book there, the Metflex diet, and I'm a customer and I've just bought the book. They made you what buy should the that book? person, what should that, what's that? They made you buy the book. You're supposed to get the book for free. No, no, no. I'm saying it. No, y'all sent me two books. Y'all oh, okay, sent me okay. two actually. Thank you. Oh, okay. But I'm saying when someone gets the book, what should they be thinking? And, and who's the customer? Who who buys this book? Yeah. What's interesting is that everyone's the customer. And what people should be thinking is that this is a blueprint. It is not the Bible. What I say and what I've written is not biblical. What people should look at this as a guide and they can decide what the details are. It's a daily meal plan. There are recipes. There are exercises in the book you can follow. You don't need a gym membership. There's alcohol allowed in this program in moderation on certain days, this is a guide. And you take this and then you build what you want from the guide. You also, by the way, I don't know if they sent you this, but this is the workbook. There's a workbook called the Netflix Diet Workbook that comes as a companion um, to the program. And this workbook is a daily companion that allows people to gain better insight into what is working, what's not working. It helps keep them engaged. People who were in our Facebook group, uh, the Netflix Diet Facebook group, when they used the workbook, they lost 25% more weight. They reported that it was easier to stick to the plan. And so I'm encouraging people to also check out the Netflix Diet Workbook. But people should be thinking that this is a doable plan, that people of all ages are in our Facebook group who are doing well. Um, the food is affordable. It's tasty. It's simple. Um, and it works. I mean, like I said, the results have been phenomenal. The average weight loss, 14 to 16 pounds in six weeks, some losing up to 24 pounds. 
eight to 10 inches, people who pick up this book should feel like they can do it too. And everyone, by the way, loses weight differently. And so one person may lose 20, one person may lose 15 or 10. Our bodies process and lose weight differently, but people should be encouraged that they can do it. Uh, and you get out of a program what you put into it. And how much time did it take of your life to put this project together? Oh, uh, well, I write kind of differently. I first, in my mind, I come up with the concept, then I do the research, and then I write books in my head first. So I imagine what chapter one looks like, chapter two. I really spend probably about a month thinking through the book in my head and writing it, as I say, in my head. And when I feel like I know where I'm going, what the chapters look like, what the thesis is, then I sit down to write it. And writing doesn't take me a long time because I'm a great typist. I type very fast. So I already have the ideas baked in my head. And now it's a matter of letting it flow out into my fingertips and into the computer, which for me tends not to be a difficult process. I mean, there's so much more I want to get into your head. I don't want to get too far off topic. Yeah, the alcohol. You said the alcohol. That's what I want. I about went brain dead there for a minute. The alcohol. How do you implement the alcohol in there? What's your thoughts on alcohol? Yeah, I think alcohol is fine in moderation. Um, I think, unfortunately, a lot of people drink excessively. So something that is completely fine becomes counterproductive. Uh, and unhealthy because it's consumed in such large amounts. But the idea is that there are certain days in the program, depending on what week you are, and depending on what the goals are for that week, there's certain days you're going to be able to have alcohol. You can have wine, a mixed drink, some beer, uh, but we're not going to consume alcohol to the point that you're falling off a bar stool per se. Uh, and so the book details, here are your alcohol days. Let's just make it up Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and Saturday. And it gives it to you and it says, okay, this is what you can have, have fun while doing it. But I think it's important. I think people need to feel like they're not being penalized on the program. They don't want to feel overly restricted or that everyone's been take that everything's been taken off the table. And this is, I got a couple more questions about how, how do you translate? You know, because sometimes I have a problem translating information in my head. How do you translate your information in your head and make it relatable to the normal person? Because um, I know your your thoughts are probably a little deeper than what you're translating. Most of my career has been built on talking to the average person. And so I imagine sitting down and talking to someone about these particular issues. My mom for example, explain to her what is metabolic flexibility and trying to figure out what kind of language and what kind of imagery uh, would make sense to her and she could understand. And so, you know, I spend a lot of my time thinking about how would I just have a regular conversation? If I'm walking into a store and I'm meeting a stranger and I'm talking to them about a concept, what would that conversation look like? That's very important to me. The voice of my books is extremely important because accessibility is a major issue for me. I want people to feel like they can access, access the information that the book isn't intimidating um, in information or style. And I also, you know, I, I think that I'm trying to take very specific scientific information and transcribe it into a format in a way that the average person can understand it. And that's always my, my driving force. Maybe you should do a tutorial on that. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big deal. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I have a problem is. with that sometimes because sometimes I feel like people don't understand what the hell I'm saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, that's a very big deal. So what what do we expect from Dr. Ian Smith in the next two, three years? What should we expect from Dr. Ian Smith? Well, hopefully a lot. Um, I wrote a lot during the pandemic. Um, I have a mystery series that comes out every year. Uh, the next installment comes out at the end of May, May 30th. It's called The Overnights. It's book three in my private 
investigator series, Ash Kane. So I'm excited to birth that into the world. And for the readers of the previous two books, they're excited to get the next installment. I love mysteries. I love series. And so this is my personal series. So that comes out May 30th. And then some of my other novels uh, have been optioned to become television shows. So I'll be working on those and trying to get those television shows actually in production uh, and being made. And then every year I publish one or two books. So, you know, knock on wood, I'm able to remain productive and be able to, you know, keep pumping out interesting stories and information that people enjoy and need. This is kind of a deep thing. I, I came up with this rationale of, of your subconscious, your subconscious, unconscious bias to consciousness. Now, when people are born, our subconscious is being programmed. And a lot of people don't realize this. It's like a computer. You're collecting data. And however much your subconscious is programmed, you get to a certain point in life and you start responding to things with your unconscious bias. How much of this foundation did you think you got as a young child right with this mess narrative you have out to the world now and I, because i think that's very very important I'm, and i'm going to show you how to, i'm going to tie it together is when that subconscious is programmed and however heavy that subconscious is programmed you start responding to things with your unconscious bias and if people don't realize that that's why a lot of human beings can't get to consciousness mm. and I think you have a way of navigating through that. How much of your, you think your foundation is from a lineage type of foundation? Is this when your subconscious was, was programmed that has helped you put out this narrative today? It's a pretty deep question, but I just, since I got you, I just thought I'd ask. Yeah, I think that my subconscious has been largely informed in a situational manner. Obviously, there's didactic, you know, your parent or your teacher teaching you and telling you things. So there's always the didactic piece. But I think a lot of it is formed subconsciously, being in situations, making observations, being in certain environments um, and being having exposure to certain things. I think that has largely informed me uh, about many things in life in general. And so, I'm like I said earlier, I'm a very curious person. I'm also very open minded. I like to learn. I like to explore. I like to ask questions, sometimes too many sometimes, but I think I'm largely informed by my environment and my situation, whether I'm in Japan or China, I've traveled a lot, or in Paris. I'm always observing and absorbing. I'm always absorbing, even when I'm not aware of it, by the way. At least I put myself in situations where I'm having exposure. I think, by the way, I think it would behoove many people particularly Americans uh, who live in such a great country and who have such privilege relative to others, it would behoove us to increase our exposure and to in increase our awareness to other. Um, it would give us a greater perspective on who we are and what we are and why we are who we are if we had some type of you know comparison some contextual comparison. And I think that that environmentally, that people need to be more exposed. I think that would behoove everybody. Yeah. And I think you said environment a couple of times there. Uh, I think environment's a big deal and that's, it's really not looked at or talked about and people don't realize how much the environment has effect on people uh, and the decisions they make, which is, that's very, very interesting. I feel like I'm the same way. And you're probably a guy that, you know, if he's in a conversation, he's not going to talk about Bobby and Sally in apartment B, you know, down the hall, you're going to talk about something that's, you know, that's important or something, you know, where you want to push the needle. I'm very, very similar. So if we want to find the, 
the Matt Flex Diet book. Where do we where do we get this book and purchase and so forth? Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, Walmart.com, local bookstores. If you want to get the uh, the diet uh, book workbook, the Matt Flex Diet workbook, you can find that on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. Uh, and also join my Facebook group. It's the name of the book, Met Flex Diet. And uh, on Instagram, if you want some recipes and some videos, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Dr. Ian Smith. Spell the doctor out, I-A-N Smith. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. And I ain't going to take your whole day up, but I enjoyed talking to you. I think we're looking at the same person in a way. (laughs) Very, very, very similar. Very intriguing. So, but I appreciate you coming on and hopefully everybody can learn something today. This has been uh, Dr. Ian K. Smith and I'm John Edmonds Cosima, the CEO of Bang Productions. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.